inside game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother J.S. to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today, we introduce what is called Bioblast Zero, bite-sized taste of notable men. Uh, through this Bioblast series, uh, we will be dedicated to providing short, bite-sized blasts designed to provide some notable insights into the lives, the accomplishments, the failures, and sometimes just plain weird occurrences that make up and color the existence of the protagonists of our short bioblasts. Tasty morsels, if you will, biographical appetizers of the lives of the famous, the infamous, the rich, the poor, the notorious, the glorious, or perhaps people like you and me. Well, like anybody. As long as there is an interesting bite to be relished, we will proceed to tell the story. I hate to do this, but before PC ruins everything, before we even get started, let me say that our title, title Notable Men, means, implies, in that regard, it is understood to mean man, as in human beings of either sex. Oh, what does that mean? Forget it. We move on. Today, we will begin a, with a celebration, a long, long overdue celebration. There's great news out there for all artists of all stripes, whether one be a painter, an author, a poet, or a songwriter. News reports today indicate that after 50 years of litigation, 50 years, a half century of vitriolic, acrimonious, vexatious, expensive, soul-murdering, depression-inducing litigation, John Fogarty, he of Creedence Clearwater Revival fame, has finally at long last won back the legal rights to his own songs. They belong to him again. In a Moses-like manner, after 50 years of wandering in the desert, John Fogarty has, after so much suffering, finally found the promised land in a quest that rivals perhaps Don Quixote, all that tilting at windmill stuff. Fogarty has prevailed over his adversaries, many of whom are now dead. It reminds me that you know, a former Israeli Prime Minister, Menachem Begum, having once said that he took pleasure in reading his enemy names in obituaries. In that regard, he said he had won as he had outlived them all. It's like Jason and the Argonauts finding that golden fleece. For John Fogarty, it's, it's Sir Gawain in the Green Knight actually finding the Holy Grail. It's true. John Fogarty's songs now, after a lifetime spent fighting, are at home with him. You know, Odysseus, after 10 years of fighting the Trojans and 10 years spent fighting Minotaurs and the Cyclops, before finally being able to return home from Troy in like 1104 BC or something, a story worthy of Homer, 
All he endured is nothing, nothing compared to the sacrifices that John Fogarty has made in the efforts to reclaim his storied works. And I hope they are worth it, John, because they cost you almost everything, John, nearly everything. Don't, don't get me wrong. John Fogarty's arc of excellence is almost unmatched in artistic accomplishment, in a lightning-like flash of inspiration, of span of less than 33 months duration, John Fogarty wrote 17 hit songs that made CCR the number one rock and roll band in the world, replacing the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And with the Beatles calling it quits in 1970, the Stones would be back, the Eagles and Don Henley and Glenn Fry would be on the horizon, but from 69 through 1972, John Fogarty led his brother's band from El Cerrito, California, the wrong side of the tracks, to the top of the world before it all just ended, just imploded from within. And we didn't get tired of CCR. They got tired of each other. CCR was the Chernobyl of rock bands. They lost control of their fuel rods that fed its core, and the temperature just rose and rose and rose until the whole thing was just over. It just exploded. Damage done. CCR was no more. But those songs, those songs, they live on. They belong to Fogarty now, but then we owned them in 1969 and we still own them today. Even young people today, fueled by hip hop, rap, synth tracks, sampling, they know CCR. They may not know the genius who gave them the songs, but they know his work product when they hear it. But be, and before CCR imploded, John Fogarty gave us. Now hold, now hold on. Now here it comes. He gave us Proud Mary, Bad Moon, Lodi, Green River, Down on the Corner, Fortunate Son, Travel and Band, Who'll Stop the Rain, Up Around the Bend, Run Through the Jungle, Born in the Bayou, Looking Out My Back Door, Long as I Can See the Light. Hey, tonight, sweet hitchhiker, have you ever seen the rain and someday never comes? Oh my God, are you kidding me? A hit song every six weeks for nearly three years, and, and then it was over. Not only a hit song, but, uh, but memorable tracks so good that 50 years later, 50 years on, People still love those songs. I challenge you to go into a dentist's office, go to an upscale restaurant, and I guarantee you that before you leave, you will hear a John Fogarty CCR song. It's true. And in 19, and pardon me, in 2022, a John Fogarty song, a CCR hit song, was the most downloaded song in America for one week. I mean, 50 years after it was released, it hit number one. Just incredible. And I'm happy, I'm happy for John Fogarty that his mad mission to regain ownership of his own stuff, his own songs, is now complete. You know, mission impossible, undertaken, and successfully accomplished. And it took a lifetime to do it. John has uh, you know, awakened from his fever dream. And it has finally come true. 
Elon Musk's dream to die on Mars, ostensibly not on impact, remains a dream that is unaccomplished. John Fogarty's run of brilliance, his arc of excellence, all those hit songs within three years, maybe one of those once or twice or maybe three times in a generation accomplishments. You might say, well, yeah, but what about the Beatles? And I respond, well, yeah, but they had, but Paul had John. Well, what about the run of the Rolling Stones? And I respond, yeah, but Mick had Keith. And later, the Eagles, well, Don had Glenn or Glenn had Don. But Fogarty, John Fogarty was on his own. He wrote all these songs and he composed them on his own. This is a once or twice or three times in a generation talent. There was John Fogarty, there was Bob Dylan, and there was Brian Wilson. And they were alone in composing their works. That's how good John Fogarty's hot streak was. Between his 24th and 27th birthday, he reached immortality. Yes, he did. It is said that physicists do their best work in their 20s, and then they, after that, cannot match their own achievements. And Fogarty's achievement was nearly unparalleled, perhaps matched by Dylan and Wilson, and that's good company to find yourself in. In literature, maybe, maybe just Dickens was as prolific, maybe. But at, but at what price, John, did you achieve your goal of owning your music? In his angry state, mad at the world for, for having been screwed by record companies, agents, managers, lawyers, John Fogarty lost nearly everything. He lost his brother along the way. He lost his bandmates who turned on him. He lost his wife. He even lost his mind. He reports himself that his drug and alcohol abuse cost him, lost him a decade of his life at least. I'd suggest as talented a man as John Fogarty lost out on happiness that was due him. He should have been able to give it up. Many musicians have lost so much in their disputes over their music, fighting with record companies and thieving managers and agents and the like. The Stones, the Beatles, they fought Alan Klein for years. But at some point, with tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, pride in one's work, achievements, fame, and celebrity, and everything else that comes with it that was earned through your hard work, shouldn't one just settle for happiness at some point? Otherwise, really, what is it all worth? Enough, please. I mean, look at Prince. I, I mean, I admire his talents, but I, I, I was never a Prince fan. But, and I do remember in a dispute with Warner Music, you know, he was motivated even after signing a hundred million dollar contract to find a zillion slights um, that the record company had really screwed him over. And he was motivated to paint the word slave on his face. And his obsession with server, servitude overtook his talent and ruined his life dead in his early 50s. I mean, such a loss, such a waste. So John Fogarty, good for you, John. At age 77, you got all your songs back at last. And I admire you for it, I think. But it, it would be my sincerest wish, it would have been my sincerest wish that you could have spent a lifetime 
enjoying your songs, those masterpieces, as much as we, your fans, did and still do. Thank you, John. And I hope now that you'll be a new man. As I get older, picture grows clear. Too many whiskeys, women, and beer. Nights have proved trouble, but mornings are worse. Nothing I've done has ever quenched my thirst. I'm all alone, just sitting in my room. The curtains are closed, overcome by the gloom. Times like these, I just have to admit, I mean nothing to myself, not one little bit. So come on, sweet walks over my way I'm a new man starting today Tomorrow will be different I'll meet a woman of means I'll change the man I no more whiskeys, women or beer I'll get a job, I'll kick it in gear I've squandered my life, wasted my time All I ever needed was a partner I'll be there for her You just wait and see I'll be the man I've always wanted to be So come on, sweet ladies Waltz over my way I'm a new man Starting today Just enjoy that last sip of beer I'll be unrecognizable by the end of the year Time has grown short, the years have rolled by Opportunity wasted, and I just don't know why Day I walk, but all I can say is I've paid the price for living this way. So come on.
over my way I'm a new man Starting today 